Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. This is my little lovely podcast that I have. This is a place where I talk about biohacking and wellness and health and nutrition and ancestral eating and plant medicine and all sorts of things. Thank you for tuning in. I know there are a lot of podcasts that you can listen to, and I appreciate every single one of you who listens in every week or once in a while or whenever you do. It means a lot. This week, everyone is at the biohacking conference, and which is in Beverly Hills in California. And the amount of DMs, texts, emails that I'm getting that say, Hey, are you at the biohacking conference? And guys, everybody, no, I'm not. It's so sad. I, I really want to go. Okay. I really want to go next year. And I say this every year, but next year. So I think I'm at a point now where I can probably actually go next year. This year, I just got back from Ontario on Sunday and it was just too much to fit in a trip to LA. Otherwise I would have loved to go. And I know all of the companies that I work with are there. They're at their booths. All of so many of my followers, so many of my listeners, all of the people that I look up to are there. And I know it's just like a hub right now for biohackers. So I will be there. Mark my words. I will be there. And when I do, everyone is going to (laughs) know because I will tell you the day I buy tickets, I will tell you, and I will remind you week after week that I am going to this biohacking conference and let's meet up because that is really what I want to do. I, for those who haven't been here since day one, which is like not many of you, or I guess there's a lot of you who haven't been here. I you know, started biohacking Brittany as a Instagram page a few years ago, and it has grown a lot into multiple social media channels and a podcast and all the brands that I work with. Sometimes I work with clients one-on-one and I'm just kind of getting started. So that's how I feel. And I think the next step is really going to these in-person conferences, connecting with people face-to-face, like not over the internet, my goodness, like not over Zoom, not over Instagram stories, like not over DMs, you know? So I think that is the evolution that's coming. And if you are at the biohacking conference right now, enjoy it. I am so jealous and I hope you are learning a lot. And I hope you're networking too and like meeting a lot of cool people because there's a certain type of person who's a biohacker and it's really nice to see that growing and be in the same space as everyone. So don't take it lightly and enjoy that time together. In other news, I am doing 75 hard again. (laughs) Today is day four. I don't even want to think about 71 days to go from now. Let's just take it one day at a time. So for those who don't know, 75 hard is a health challenge that you do for 75 days in a row. So let me read out what you have to do every single day, like every single day. If you don't do these things every day, you have to restart from day one. So number one, follow any nutrition plan designed for your goals with zero alcohol and zero cheat meals. For me, I'm doing kind of like a, I'm not even going to say keto because I'm definitely eating carbs. I'm doing kind of like a clean eating paleo type of idea. I don't even want to say paleo. I guess it would just be ancestral nutrition. No grains, 
no alcohol, no sugar, no dairy, other than if I have raw dairy on hand or if it's goat, like goat cheese, goat milk, I can, I can tolerate that. But yeah, so no bread, no crackers, no cookies, no sugar, no ice cream, no alcohol, nothing, <laughs> nothing like that. And mind you, like I, I, I wasn't really eating a lot of that before, but I actually think maybe I kind of was because now I'm on day four and I'm realizing like, oh, like I would have had that by now. Like I would have had a sourdough sandwich by now. I would have had dessert when I went out for my birthday. Like, you know, so maybe I was eating more of that than I thought. So that's the first thing. The second thing is complete to 45 minute workouts every day. One has to be outside. This is substantial. That's 90 minutes a day of exercise. For me, the outside ones, I walk my dog for 45 minutes almost every single time. And that's like all I basically could do. I mean, I could go for a swim, but we're getting into fall now. It's, it's getting a little, a little chilly outside. And then the 45-minute workout, it can be anything. So it could be yoga for 45 minutes. It could be strength training, a HIIT workout, a spin class, you know, whatever type of movement that you want to do. It could be a karate class. I don't freaking know. Like whatever you want, as long as it's 45 minutes. The third thing is drink a gallon of water every single day. A gallon. For those who don't know, a gallon is 3.7 liters of water. According to the metric system, and I think the imperial system, it's more. I think that's what I was told. So I just ordered a new gallon water bottle because when I did 75 hard last year, I used a plastic water bottle. And we all know that plastic is not good for us. Not good for the endocrine system, not good for the hormones, not good for BPA exposure, et cetera. So I ordered a, actually we'll link this in the show notes. I ordered a half gallon water bottle made out of glass from a company called Hydro Jug. So it's glass. It's got a silicone cover. It has a straw that's attached on the inside, or you can tip it over and just drink straight from it. And I really, really like this design. And so I actually had a follower who recommended this to me when I posted about this on my Instagram stories. So this is what I'm trying. I think it is going to be a good option. I'm really excited to get it. I've had the beakers before, but I've broken two of them now. So I will not buy a third one. Those were also made out of glass, but they were a pain to clean. A pain. Because when I drink water, I add electrolytes, B vitamins, magnesium, antioxidants. Like I have so many supplements and I put tons of different things in my water all day. So I have to be able to actually clean it effectively. So the beaker was not good for that. And then when I was looking at other options like Yeti and things like that, I didn't want a metal water bottle. Like glass is the healthiest option. So that's kind of why I did that. So now my plan, I guess, is to fill up the glass one twice a day. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. The fourth thing you have to do is you have to read 10 pages of an educational or self-improvement book every day. I am tweaking this a little bit. I am doing 10 pages of any book. And this is for a couple of reasons. One, I get really tired of reading self-improvement books. I've been reading self-improvement books for the last, I don't know, 13 years. And 
after a long day at work, like I am not interested in like optimizing my brain performance through this book, like heck no. So I'm doing this like 10 pages of any book and I am currently reading, oh my gosh, let me pull it up. I'm forgetting the name. It's called Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover or Colleen Hoover. Yeah, I guess that's how you say her name. So I know there's like Colleen like readers, lovers out there who follow me because when I posted about this on Instagram and TikTok, I got a lot of response. So her books are very like romance, steamy, like lots of sex, lots of love in them. And it's honestly, it's great to read. Like it is, it takes me out of my daily life. (laughs) Not that I don't have love in my life, but it takes me out of my daily life. And it's really, I just finished her first book, which is one of her first books, which is called Ugly Love. And this is my first book of hers that I've read. And there were a lot of plot twists in it that I did not expect. So I just bought a second one. I forget what it's called. I just ordered it from Amazon. So that's kind of what I'm going to do for 75 Hard this time. I'm basically going to read all of her romance books. Why not? They make me feel good, take me out of my day, and they're very easy to read. And the last thing you have to do is take a progress picture. So my progress pictures are hilarious because I wake up in the morning and I don't have my contacts in, so I can't really see. And it's dark in my apartment. And so it's literally like a photo of me lifting up my shirt and taking a photo of like me in shorts as a progress photo in the mirror. And I do nothing with the photos, but I know that there is like a whole idea behind this. There's a reason that it's in there. So I just follow it correctly. So that is what 75 hard is. You have to do it for 75 days. Again, if you break it, you have to start again. And so I actually did this last year in the spring and I think I did it. I think it ended May 1st, June 1st, something like that. So that's what I'm doing now. I really needed a reset after the summer. I had a very, very busy summer, too busy, to be honest. Like I'm very socially maxed out right now. I'm tired of seeing people. I'm tired of seeing family and friends. Like I, I just want to hermit for three months. Like I don't want to see anybody. Also like my work is overloading. Like I have to work weekends to catch up on all of the work that I have to do from spending so much time this past summer traveling, seeing people and doing things. Now, mind you, like life obviously has its flows and this is fine. It's a very like winter thing to kind of hermit and be less social and drink less. So it's very easy for me to do something like this. So if you've heard of 75 hard and you're like, oh, should I try it? I say, go for it. I think there's a lot of benefit that comes from it. And I am definitely, definitely going to talk about, you know, before and after when I finish this time. I am making one exception to it and that will be in November. I don't know what day I'll be on by then, but because I have my bachelorette party. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take those two days off for the bachelorette and then continue and then just add two days onto the end type of thing, something like that. But because I've done it before, I very much know how this is how to do it, how it makes me feel. And it's been good so far. So today's day four. It's, I forget, I guess, just like how little water I was actually drinking and 
how much I was kind of slipping on some of my nutrition and diet choices beforehand. Because when you start this, it becomes very, very obvious on like what you're doing that actually isn't that great for you. So that's kind of the point I'm at now is that I think I needed this like kick in the butt to get my health together. And yeah, I'm curious. I'm also curious, like from a symptom standpoint, like I've mentioned a few times, like I've been dealing with some sort of like rash on the back of my legs since May. Now it's September. So it's actually quite a long time. And it kind of flares up here and there. It gets itchy. Sometimes it gets worse with heat and it gets worse when I scratch it. And I don't really know. It comes and goes. And so I've tried to kind of like figure out, is it something that I'm internally eating or drinking? Is it something that I'm exposed to in our house? Is it a lotion? Is it laundry detergent? I'm trying to figure out what's triggering it. So I think by doing 75 hard, it's going to help because it's kind of like an elimination diet where I'm taking out like big triggers, like grains, sugar, alcohol, dairy, like fully, fully taking it out like a hundred percent. And so I think in about a month, if my skin on the back of my legs is better, like fully gone, then that is going to tell me that like, it's definitely something nutrition based. So there's multiple reasons why I'm doing this is essentially what I'm saying. But yeah, I recommend it. And I'm going to talk lots about it. I get lots of questions about it. It's great for, like I said, like if you need a kick in the butt and you need to get your health together and you know that you're kind of like spiraled off and you're kind of like having cheat meals every day. Not that I like that word, but you know, or having dessert every day or having a beer every day or not going to the gym anymore. And you've kind of like fallen off the wagon of your health it's a really good reset and it's pretty hard. I would say it's pretty. Um, yeah. I think the hard part comes in the consistency. So I should actually re-listen to my podcasts of last year when I did it, because I'm curious of when I felt like it was hard last year. Cause right now it doesn't feel hard. Like day four is like a joke. That's not hard, but I think like day, you know, 57 will be hard. I guess we'll see. We will see. I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious as well. Like it's probably different every single time that you do it as well. Like every single time it, it kind of changes and obviously it's different for everybody. So if you're tried it, if you are going to try it, let me know. A quick shout out to the sponsors of this week. Welcome Viome to a sponsor can't even talk a sponsored spot on my podcast. I did Viome a couple of years ago and the results were okay. I only did their gut intelligence test, which takes a look at their gut microbiome. And it was interesting. Like it was interesting. Like I, yeah, from a perspective of looking at like leaky gut, sulfates, some other things that were going on. It it was kind of, it was very interesting to see how I was doing. My results weren't super great, to be honest. So I just retested a couple weeks ago and I'm very curious to see what my test results are going to say now. Mind you, like, is it the best idea to do a Viome test after the summer that I've had? Probably not, but I will take the results with a grain of salt, knowing that it's reflection of like 
a lot of drinking bad food and not a lot of sleep all summer. And so I'm actually thinking about retesting after 75 hard because I think my results will be very different. So I did the gut test, the gut microbiome, the oral microbiome, and the cellular health test, which is their full package that they offer. And this gives you like a biological age score, gives you a bunch of other things as well. So I'm very curious to see what my results say. Also shout out to Silver Biotics. I am using Silver Biotics on the back of my legs and it's helping. So Silver like kills bacteria on contact, right? So it is able to penetrate the cellular wall and destroy bad microbes, whether it's a virus, whether it's bacteria or pathogen, anything like that. So when I'm looking at things like a skin rash for myself, or even when I was seeing clients, this is something that you definitely think about, right? Like, is it something on the surface of the skin that you are actually dealing with in terms of like poor skin balance, uh, skin microbiome balance, that type of idea. And so when you bring in something like silver, it kills the bad guys and leaves the good guys. So obviously I've been using it and I also love their toothpaste as well. Again, back to oral health, oral microbiome, killing the bad guys in the mouth, getting rid of bad breath. Great for that. And last but not least, Sensate. Everyone loves Sensate at this point. I use this, this device weekly. I think I talk about them a lot on social media, but basically it's a device that rests on your chest and it vibrates and it helps you get out of fight or flight mode and into rest and digest because it tones the vagus nerve, which is what helps regulate this process of the body. That's like Sensate in a nutshell. So if you are curious about Sensate, give it a go. I definitely recommend it. I think it's great for anxiety. I think it's great for stress. I think it's great in conjunction with meditation. Yeah, it's one of my go-to tools for sure. And all of these companies, just like every single company that I work with, discount code BIOHACKINGBRITTANY in all capitals. Yes, it's a long code, but you know what? No one else is going to take it. And it's easy to remember compared to like when I listen to, you know, Dave Asprey or Ben Greenfield and their codes are always so different per company. And I'm like, guys, just like pick one code and use it for every single one so that I can know. And I don't have to go find your like Dave 20 for this thing. Like just pick one code. So that's what I've done. Biohacking Brittany, super easy. You know how to spell it. You got it. If you have any questions, DM me. I am on Instagram more than I should admit. I'm also on TikTok. Growing slowly. I think I'm at like 2,500 followers now. TikTok is just a different beast, let me tell you. But I do love TikTok and I spend too much time on TikTok as well. So TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, YouTube Shorts, podcast. I don't know what I'm not on. Anyway, thank you for listening and enjoy this episode all about hormones and weight loss. And yeah, there's a lot we dive into on this one. A lot of personal things I actually share too that I haven't necessarily talked about. Enjoy and catch you next week. Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. Thank you so, so much for joining this week. I have a fellow nutritionist on with me today who specializes in all things hormonal imbalances, gut health, 
weight management. And she is also, yeah, I guess she's just a woman's health specialist in general. So Hannah Mullen, welcome to the show. Hi, Brittany. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like that was a super quick intro I did for you, but I really would love for you to kind of introduce yourself and also like how you got to this point where you are today, because I know you kind of struggled with dieting growing up and like, as a lot of women do, like navigating body image and weight and, and what food we should eat and shouldn't eat. And there's so many different perspectives. So I would love for just you to kind of like take us through what that looked like for you when you were younger. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, as you said, I'm a women's health nutritionist and I've always been so passionate about nutrition and health in general. And uh, you're right. My story is kind of growing up, especially as an adolescent, I just had a terrible relationship with food, but was always so, so fascinated by nutrition. So it was like this obsession of loving the information, but also having this, you know, love hate relationship with food, a lot of, you know, yo-yo dieting, weight loss, weight gain. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of it was driven by the marketing. It's so much better now, but magazines and advertisements, I just always wanted to look perfect. And I felt that the models that were out there, which was really thin then, you know, it was all about low rise jeans. And that was just what we were exposed to. And so that really drove my unhealthy relationship with food. There was also some generational trauma there, which I found is pretty common that is passed down. And once I got out into the world and realized that not everyone was kind of a slave to food and their eating and was just able to live their lives and enjoy it and see it as nourishment. I was able to turn that around. And now my obsession with it is helping people heal themselves through just nutrition and a healthy lifestyle. And, Mm -hmm. And I just love it and feel so lucky that I get to do this every day. I love that. I relate so much to a bunch of things that you said. Like I really struggled as well growing up, like to look a certain way and was always kind of like naturally, let's say slim. I don't even know what words to use at this point, but, but it honestly kind of like made it worse and like just made me so hyper aware of my body. And like, like you said, like looking perfect all the time. And if it wasn't my weight, then it was my skin. And if it wasn't my skin, it was my hair. And it was like this whole thing of like, how do I look 10 out of 10 every single day? And it's just so like, like looking back now, it's like, I still feel a lot of that to be honest. Like it definitely hasn't fully gone away, but it's really tough to kind of grow up and just try and figure your life out when you have such high expectations of what you're supposed to look like. Oh yeah, you're so right. And I think it takes so much away from productive things we can focus our thoughts and energy on. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if a lot of our energy is focused on that one pound on the scale, then it's just ridiculous and takes away a lot of that potential. And I think What I love what you're focusing on in a lot of ways is cellular health, because I think when we look at health on a cellular level, we can't look in the mirror and be like, oh my gosh, like I have this like extra 
two pounds because we're thinking of it on such a deeper level, like mm-hmm. what's really going on inside the body. And I think that's very helpful yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think like when I first, probably kind of similar to you, like when I first got into wellness in general, it was from a standpoint of like, if I do these things, then I'm going to look better on the outside. But then mm-hmm. as you kind of get older and, and your priorities change, like now it's like I'm super into biohacking and mm-hmm. looking better on the outside is like a positive you know, effect or symptom or whatever you want to call it that ends up happening when you do these things. But it, it you're not going into it to lose a few pounds or whatever when you do these things like these practices or make these nutrition decisions. So it's like kind of flipping a script on it, but it's really difficult to explain that to people who are so wrapped up in a certain body image or are typically younger as well. I find as well, like between ages, I don't even know. I like, I don't even want to generalize. Like I think back to when I was like, even a preteen, like when I was like 12, 13, like those years were just so like all about boys liking you and looking a certain way and like looking at the magazines, exactly what you said, you know, and you, it's just so young. I'm going on a random tangent here, but like, (laughs) I was just so young when it started. So I get it. I get it. No, it's okay. And I mean, the reality is like, I have clients in their sixties that have been yo-yo dieting their entire lives and they're only focused on weight loss. And I'm I go by a health first mindset, especially because there's so many mind games. If that's been the mindset for years, that focusing on health first can take out some of those emotions and just being like, this is what's going to be good for your blood sugar. This is what's going to fill your nutrient gaps. And then weight loss inevitably follows that once that is all kind of in place. And that's a helpful way to get through that. But if you just come, you know, at people just take a health first mindset. I'm like, I promise, like your body will naturally come into what it's supposed to be and will heal and you'll lose weight. And it's nine times out of 10. That's, that's what happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I really appreciate that perspective. So when you talk about generational trauma, what do you specifically mean by that in terms of like your health and dieting? So I think in my case and my client's case, it usually comes from the women in the family. Like, and it's, we mimic what we see growing up. So, so if we see someone who is not having the best relationship with food, like my mom also had, a, she was overweight when she was younger and her family was always putting her on diets and things. So she never had a great relationship with food. And she, you know, lived on like the 100 calorie packs, like never really ate a ton. Everything was, you know, she would usually like often skip meals and it wasn't, she would, she was a healthy weight, but didn't have like the healthiest diet and she's better now. But I think just that focus on being thin more so than anything else shaped how I viewed food as an adolescent. 
Yeah, I totally. I think that's pretty common. Yeah, I I totally get that. Like my mom, like has always had a scale in her bathroom and has always had like a book underneath her bathroom sink of her logging her weight, and Mm -hmm. for as like long as I remember. And so, like as a kid, seeing that taught me like, oh, how much you weigh is actually really important because look how much effort mom is putting into writing this down and tracking this, and then. It's also just interesting, like comments that she said over the years that it's, there's no blame or anything, right? Like she's just processing and she's on her own journey, healing these types of things. But it just makes me think a lot about it. And now I'm getting married in March and there's like all of this pressure. Congratulations. (laughs) Thanks. Um, (laughs) There's all of this pressure to kind of like look a certain way. And it's so interesting when now, when I bring it up to my mom, like I'll say, you know, I'm cutting out alcohol. Like I want to trim down. I want to get fitter, whatever, like the words that I'm using right now, like she can't, we don't even have a conversation and she doesn't even engage in the conversation for me. And I've tried like multiple times. And it's interesting because when it first happened, I was like, Oh, like she doesn't want to talk to me about it. Like, why doesn't she, why doesn't she care when I talk to her about this? But then I realized that like, she actually can't hold the container for me to talk to her about that because she's dealing with that herself. And she's going through her own healing journey of like yo-yo dieting, weight management, loving her body, regardless of her size, let alone to like, be able to talk to her daughter about it in a positive way. So ever since I kind of had that realization, now I'm like, I like can separate myself from it, but it's, so true what you said, like the women daughters really look up to their moms, especially about body and weight and stuff. And so it just makes me very conscious about if I were to have a daughter or a boy and like what I would do as well. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we can, you know, luckily stand on our parents' shoulders and look and see like, okay, what they did Mm. and what we want to do differently. But I mean, we'll never be perfect, of course. So... Yeah. And it's tough. I know that you have a partner in your life. Like I, even with my partner now, like I'm someone who tries to be so healthy all of the time and definitely like not a hundred percent of the time, but let's say more than the average person. And when I watch him make unhealthy decisions, it's hard for me to understand that and not put my beliefs on him and my judgment on him And so that's what I'm learning to do. And if it's hard with him, how is it going to be with children when they make unhealthy decisions and I have to take a step back and love them regardless, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. I think with kids, there's so little control you can have in a lot of situations, just going to their friends or going to camp that it's, yeah, (laughs) It's, it's a lot. Yeah, it it is. It is. So when you're working with your clients and, you know, weight loss is, I like cannot think of words today, like a effect, side effect, let's say, do you start with hormones? Do you start with gut health? Like, where do you really start when you're kind of like unraveling the root cause of what's going on with them? So it depends on what the symptoms are. So if someone is, has been dieting for a while in a way that they're not under eating, they're eating healthy, exercising, but they have stubborn weight, sluggish metabolism, then I'm probably going to look at thyroid and thyroid health and how we can support that. 
if someone's in perimenopause, especially too, that's probably going to be a hormone situation. If there's digestive issues going on, then we'll look at the microbiome as well. So it really depends on what's going on. If it's just like a yo-yo dieting, emotional eating situation, and there isn't necessarily specific symptoms of hormonal imbalances, then that'll be a different protocol, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So for female hormones, or I guess, or I guess like hormones in general, what do you think are the biggest factors right now that are throwing people's hormones off and like significantly impacting them? So nutrient gaps is a big one. So that's just you know, not having nutrient deficiencies, not getting enough nutrients. And then another big thing is blood sugar. So having blood sugar imbalances, and that's not necessarily someone get blood sugar tests and having it say that they are pre-diabetic or diabetic. That's Mm -hmm. just, this is just like the daily blood sugar management. And, you know, people sometimes think like, okay, well, we have to look at blood sugar balance and like, oh, well, my, you know, A1C is, is normal. That's fine. I'm like, okay, well, let's look at the daily, like, blood sugar spikes and things because this is something that happens over time and even if you're you know having the normal blood sugar tests we still want to manage the way you eat on a daily basis and so this is an unpopular opinion but overconsumption of alcohol is something that can really throw off hormones because diverts attention away from hormone detox. So our liver's Mm. focused on detoxing the alcohol. So that's going to take away effort and energy from necessary hormone detox. And so in this is not as pertaining to women, but I feel like it's very interesting is you'll see men who are big drinkers sometimes will have actually like man boobs and that's Mm -hmm. because it creates estrogen dominance and you know these it's like oh so manly having you know this six pack plus every night and really they're actually just getting pumped with estrogen because Mm -hmm. their body's not detoxing it so i find that fascinating but interesting another thing is excess body weight obesity fat cells do have a role in hormone production not as much as other organs, but fat cells do. So if there's excess fat cells, then there could be excess hormone production. And that's not just estrogen, it's Mm -hmm. testosterone. Mm -hmm. So hormones are a super delicate balance. Another thing, this isn't necessarily with nutrition, but is something called endocrine disruptors in our environment. And these are man-made chemicals, sometimes even natural, that exists in our modern world that we're exposed to. Some examples of these is probably heard of BPA mm-hmm. or phthalates. And these are found in a lot of commodities like plastic water bottles. Even uh, receipts is a big yeah. one, which is, yeah. it's so, I always recommend like only take the receipt if you need to. Like if you if you know you may need to return something, take it. But otherwise, just refuse the receipt. And yeah, plastic containers, cosmetics, and household products is huge. Tap water, pesticides. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of things in our environment that can disrupt our hormones as well. Yeah, I am very aware of a lot of these, mostly because I've been trying to balance my own hormones, and so. 
I'm at a point now where I'm slowly switching everything to glass and like stop being like exposed to plastics entirely. Like even if it says, even if it says like BPA free, I just like question how healthy it still is. Like when I'm touching it or it like comes out of the dishwasher and it's hot and you're like touching this hot plastic Tupperware container. I just feel like there's no way that that's okay. There's no way that that's good for us to be touching. That's good for our food to be in it. So I'm slowly as well, like switching everything to glass. But I actually want to circle back to something that you talked about in terms of like glucose and your daily blood sugar. So I, you know, get my HbA1c tested and then like fasting insulin and stuff like that. But do you recommend people get a CGM, which is a, I know you know, but like a continuous glucose monitor? It's it's interesting because every time I kind of bring this up to people, like it kind of feels like it's almost like a controversial thing now where some people are on the, on the side of like, yes, everyone should have a CGM. It would be so helpful to be able to track our blood sugar, you know, through an app on our phone. There's like the company levels that's coming out that everybody's loving. And then there's like the other side of people who are like not happy that this is happening and feel like why are people making a business and making it a commodity when some people actually need this for their diabetes and being pre-diabetic and all of these things. So where do you stand on that? Do you think it's a good idea for people to get that? What's your take? So I don't understand the controversy because it's not like there's not enough to go around. I mean, these, you know, there's plenty of supply um, of this technology. So I, it feels odd to me because someone who is trying to prevent pre-diabetes is not taking away from someone yeah. who has pre-diabetes or diabetes if they're using these technologies. So I personally don't understand the controversy there. I think these are great technologies. They're a little expensive right now. Uh, I think they'll be more accessible as time goes on. I actually have not used one. It's on my list to get for Christmas. And I'm really excited about it because I'm still on the analog where I literally take my blood sugar with like prick my finger. And it's super enlightening for me. And I like highly recommend it to all my clients, especially because I'm, I'll recommend that they get a CGM, but financially, sometimes it's people don't want to invest that even if they do have it because they just have other priorities. But I think everyone should have one at some point because, you know, we can say, okay, this is going to affect your blood sugar. This is going to affect your blood sugar in this way but every body is so different. Like for example, you know, talking about intermittent fasting and things. So people are like, okay, what breaks a fast? And everyone has these different opinions about exactly what breaks a fast. And the reason for that is because different things break a fast for different people. So if we're mm-hmm. talking about insulin levels and our blood sugar levels and that determining what breaks a fast, something that will break your fast may be different for me. And once someone can have a, you know, spoonful of nut butter in the morning and that will have no effect on their blood sugar. And then someone else, they can eat one almond and that will have an effect. Mine is very sensitive. So my fasts are like very easily broken. So that's why I think that this data is 
invaluable. And I think, I do think that everyone should have one. And I'm looking forward to this being more accessible. I love what Levels is doing. And I think it's a wonderful technology. Did you know that before the invention of germicides and antibiotics, it was known that disease-causing germs could not survive in the presence of silver? Thus, silver was used in dishware, drinking containers, and eating utensils. Whether it's a weak immune system, dry skin, eczema, sun damage, bad breath, or unhealthy gums, we are all looking for ways to optimize our health and reduce the symptoms we're dealing with on a daily basis. But honestly, it's tough to know what remedy to try what food may be causing the issue, or what will actually work when we're trying to heal. Of course, there are somewhat effective solutions we can get from our local pharmacy, but as people who prefer using the power of nature to heal, using these products don't really align with our values. Keeping our bodies strong is essential to our good health. A strong immune system can protect our body from infection and helps us heal. Silver has been used for centuries to do exactly this. Silver Biotics have taken the old technology of colloidal silver and improved it to create the next generation of silver products. Silver Biotics has products for skincare for issues like dry skin and eczema, and I'm currently using their skin gel on the back of my legs as I try to heal the dry skin that I'm dealing with. They have oral health products as well, including a fantastic toothpaste that helps fight bad bacteria with its silver content. It also decreases bad breath, whitens teeth, and supports healthy gums. They have an immune support supplement that can be taken orally, which also helps support our immune system from the inside out. If you are interested in trying silver and you've heard about this and it's kind of been one of those things that you've always wanted to do and try, I really, really recommend Silver Biotics and they are my go-to silver company. You can head over to silverbiotics.com or the shop on my website and use my code biohackingbrittany in all capitals to get a discount, which gets you 10% off today. Again, I really recommend trying this. If it's for you, if it's for your pet, if it's for a loved one, silver is definitely a staple in my little pharmacy I have at home. So that's silverbiotics.com or the shop on my website discount code biohacking Brittany for 10% off today. Yeah, I like, I totally agree with you. I think that if we can have the technology and bring it in and use it daily to help us be healthier, then why wouldn't we do it? Why wouldn't we have the data? It's like having an aura ring. Like why would we not have one if we can afford it and we can collect this data and then make healthier decisions? I think that when I have talked to people who are not health experts and people who, you know, have diabetes, they are offended that, or not all of them, but like the people I have talked to are offended that we are kind of like looking into doing something like this. And it's interesting because like, I totally agree. Like why? Like we just want to be healthier and it's not taking away from these people who have diabetes. Like, I guess it's just kind of, uh, I don't know. I think I need to do more research into why they're offended. Like, I guess maybe it's just being insensitive to them and their health condition. I'm not sure, but did you get an idea? So you had no idea what, cause I keep hearing this as well. And, mm. and I want to know <laughs> mm-hmm. what's going on there. Yeah. I mean, I, I spoke to somebody like in like first person, like a friend of a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And she just said like, 
I just don't think it's cool that people are doing this and getting CGMs. And I was like, yeah, like, and I kind of explained my point of view and she is diabetic. And so I think it's just offensive to her that we're choosing to do this, I guess, out of our own will to be healthier when we don't need it. Whereas like, she's obviously like reliant and actually needs it. Like, I don't know. Like, I just know it's controversial and I think it's interesting. And I don't know, like the product speaks for itself though. Like levels is, I love listening to their podcast. I think it's a great company. I haven't tried it. I would love to get one, but like you said, like it's really expensive right now. Um, so I'm really looking forward to the cost of CGMs coming down so that the general public can afford it and it's more accessible for people. And I think it will pretty quickly. It already is coming down. So I think that's in our our near future. And I mean, prevention is so important for us. Like blood sugar balance is such a big part of aging. And right now really is a disease and an epidemic and just the way that we are aging. And if we can prevent these chronic diseases and a lot of our life being riddled with chronic disease, then why wouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. So in terms of like your recommendations for clients, when they come to you with hormonal imbalances, what are your typical like lifestyle recommendations that you start with for someone to balance their hormones? So getting quality sleep is really the cheapest and easiest way to add your healthy years to your life and balance your hormones. So I say quality sleep, not just quantity, because a lot of with some hormone imbalances, you'll people will wake up at 3 a.m. and they'll just be awake, right? And mm-hmm. that says something about hormones actually, or blood sugar or both. So sleep is big. So I want to, you know, we've all heard this, like limiting blue light at night and kind of winding down at night, doing meditations and that kind of thing. Movement is huge. Weight training, a hundred percent. Like strength training is one of the most important things that, that people should be doing on a weekly basis in for just healthy aging, hormone balance, everything, brain health, toxin exposure too. We kind of talked about that briefly, endocrine disruptors there. And high intensity interval training can be really helpful. And oftentimes when people hear high intensity interval training, they're like, oh, I have to do like burpees or something, or I have to do some kind of sprinting and jogging thing. And that's actually not the case. Like you can do high intensity intervals walking. So I actually do it at just sometimes I'll do spinning and stuff, but a lot of times I'll just do power walking mixed with normal walking and that, and we're on an incline, you know? So if you're even going on a hike that has some hills in it, you could consider that high intensity. And if you're kind of going on the hills and then slowing your heart rate down on the level areas on the treadmill, it's really easy because you can just go like four minutes on an incline at like a four speed and then four minutes on a low speed and do that for 20 minutes and you're done. So high intensity interval training, it does not have to be scary. I love that. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Like I love doing hit in general. Like it's, I just find it's so, it's so good for being like a stress reliever, to be honest. Obviously it's a lot while you're in it. Well, I guess if you do walking, it's, it's easier, but 
like say you're in a spin class or you're jogging or whatever you're doing, like obviously it raises your cortisol at the moment and it's, you know, you get some adrenaline and stuff, but I find the stress relief that comes from it and the good hormones that come from it are the best and feel so, so good. I think the issue that I see is when people do it too much and kind of like the whole chronic cardio thing that was happening for a while there where like, you know, women were just on the treadmill for hours, not lifting weights and not doing hit and just doing straight cardio and was like, this is how I'm going to lose weight. Like, I think (laughs) I'm glad we're kind of moving past that now. But I think with all of these things, the things that cause acute stress, I think it just has to be in a small amount and not overdone to overstress the body. Oh, yeah. And I heard this term recently, hustle addict. And I think that definitely speaks to the type of person who would do a lot of high intensity interval training and overdo cardio because, you know, you're always running on this cortisol, right? And Mm -hmm. then this, you know, epinephrine adrenaline and, and that can definitely manifest as that. So I know what you're talking about. And that can often go hand in hand with under eating, which is a huge cause of hormonal imbalances right there. And oftentimes, the first thing I start my clients off with when I look at their three-day food journal, I'm like, you're not eating enough. And they're like, what? And always like so surprised when I'm adding more onto their plate, literally. <laughs> so Yeah. I have definitely been there before too. Like I like obviously like I'm a nutritionist. So like you, I'm yeah. very, very aware of my food intake. I'm very aware of I'm very aware of the food that I'm eating. But I also kind of question if I under eat without meaning to in terms of like, yeah, just going through the day and not getting enough nutrients and being so busy with work and all of these things that you're not really having like full meals, kind of just like mini meals throughout the day, you know, and then you go to bed and then you don't sleep well. And you're like, wait a minute, why do, why am I not sleeping well? Why don't I have energy for the gym? And it's like, even when you have such an in-depth knowledge of nutrition, like it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't make mistakes or you don't, you know, mess up every single day on like what you should eat. And I'm curious to hear like how you kind of navigate that yourself as somebody who yo-yo dieted as well. Yeah. So, I mean, as like a entrepreneur business owner, it's so easy for me during the day to forget to eat. So I actually like time block it out. Like I'll I usually time block my day relatively structured and I literally time block lunch into it and I really take the time to to eat a healthy like full meal because I notice, you know, the truth is like if we're under eating or skipping meals frequently, then we're probably not getting enough nutrients. So that's the nutrient gap and nutrient mm. deficiency that is going to cause all that and get us down a dangerous road. So, but yeah, I mean we're not perfect, of course, as a nutritionist. And I find it funny when people often assume that, oh, you would never eat that French fry. You're a nutritionist. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't think it's healthy to, you know, the term orthorexic, which is you only will touch like pure food that is the healthiest. And I personally do not do that because it would drive me insane. But yeah, I think as being really busy. People have a lot going on. It's really important to make sure that we're eating a nutrient-dense meal. 
Are you always feeling bloated after you eat? Is your body aging faster than it should be? Are you feeling anxious or having trouble focusing? Are you tired all of the time? I think we've all felt these things at one point, but addressing the root cause instead of just the symptoms is tough and it's hard to kind of figure out what the root cause is. Your microbiome and your cells play a critical role in the way you feel and your body's resilience to stress and aging. Your gut microbiome can be considered the chief architect of your health with trillions of microbes in your gut, helping you digest food, absorb nutrients, maintain a healthy weight, neutralize toxins, and fight off bad bacteria. Your digestive system also begins in your mouth and is actually often the first line of defense against pathogens. When your cells are functioning optimally, they produce enough energy to sustain your needs and are efficiently cleaning up cellular waste like free radicals. Viome provides an in-depth test that looks at all of this. They look at your gut microbiome, your oral microbiome, and your cellular health. They use cutting edge mRNA technology and an AI powered platform that helps give different health scores and recommendations based on your test results. They kind of connect the dots on in between what is happening internally and what you are experiencing yourself. I highly suggest trying Viome if you are having symptoms that are persisting and you're kind of at a standstill and you don't really know where to go with your health anymore. I just got retested and I'm so excited to share my results very soon when they come in. I would do the full test, the gut microbiome, the oral microbiome, and the cellular health so you can get a full picture of what's going on with you right now. Obviously, I have a discount code for you guys. It's Biohacking Brittany in all capitals for 15% off. This is actually more than they offer on their website, so it's definitely worth using this code. You can find Viome on my online store at biohackingbrittany.com or linked in my shop on my Instagram account, which is at biohackingbrittany. So again, try Viome and use my discount code biohackingbrittany in all capitals today. Yeah, I agree with you. Like the when I first heard about the orthorexia condition, I thought it was really interesting because I don't think that I've ever, I don't think I've ever fully been at that point where I could say that that's something that like I would identify with, but there's definitely times in my life where I've like been on the edge of that, where, mm-hmm. you know, you're not eating grains and you're not eating dairy and you're not eating sugar and you're not drinking alcohol and you're not eating soy. And like, you're kind of just like avoiding things. And then you start avoiding fruit because it's got so much sugar in it. And then vegetables, some vegetables have like anti-nutrients in it. And so yeah. your list of foods you can eat becomes smaller and smaller. And then how different is that really from like anorexia, from starving yourself, from these other serious, serious eating disorders. So there's this line of like, yeah, it's really helpful to understand nutrition and how it impacts the body, but it's very easy to take it to the next level and get consumed with it and then have it actually ruin your health because you've become too obsessed. Absolutely. And I think the stress of it can be more harmful than the actual food. Like the stress yes. of, 
of going to a social gathering and being like, well, I can't, I can't eat this. I can't eat this. That's actually going to be more damaging to your health than just having that piece of cake. So for some people, it works for them to go completely sugar-free or do these things. But in my experience with myself and with clients and just with looking at the overall research, humans will naturally restrict or, I mean, rebel against restrictions. It's just human nature. (laughs) It's in our biology for whatever reason. So, So for that reason, I never recommend full restriction unless there's like a serious health issue that, that we need to be aware of. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I've played with that idea so much of like, is it worse to be stressed about, is it worse to be stressed about not drinking at this event or is the alcohol worse? Right. And it's tough. It's a tough call because I don't know, like you can't be on either side too often. It feels like, you know, like you can't restrict alcohol too often, but then you also can't drink too often either. And then people always say like, you know, balance and everything in moderation and all of these types of like sayings that people use to kind of like justify their decisions. But I don't even really like those sayings either for that very reason. Like, yeah, do I think that everything should be in moderation? No, probably not. I don't know. I, it's so tough because we live in a society that really does praise a certain way of living and a certain style. And if we're just talking about alcohol, like we drink when we celebrate, we drink when we're sad, we drink when we're happy. Like it's always something that we turn to, right? And so how do we balance being very healthy, but also like kind of surviving in the modern world and like being a part of the modern world? So I don't know. I don't have a foolproof answer for you. (laughs) Do you ever feel frazzled, not grounded, stressed, and like you have way too much on your plate? Of course, you know you should be taking time for self-care, but doesn't mean you actually are, and it kind of just feels like another thing on your to-do list. I have definitely been there. It's tough to kind of balance everything these days, especially for those of us working from home with extra side hustles and or kids. Stress reduction feels like a nice idea, but never something easily achievable in the moments when we need it the most. I believe in solutions that use science to help us be healthier on a daily basis, but without crazy technology or tools that aren't accessible or affordable for everybody. I use Sensate, which is something that I've been using for a long time now, and I spoke about a lot last year which is a groundbreaking innovation in wellness technology that uses the natural power of sonic resonance to calm your body's nervous system, providing immediate, immediate, let me tell you, relief and long-term benefits from regular, regular use. It calms your nerves and helps you feel better in as few as 10 minutes per day. It improves stress resilience to help you cope with whatever life throws at you And it increases heart rate variability, a known biomarker of health and longevity. This is so important because for many of us, our body's built-in stress management system is simply just an overdrive. Sensate's novel patented technology was designed to send infrasonic waves through the chest to reach the vagus nerve that sits deep in the core of our nervous system. 
By speaking to our body's command center, we can control how we respond to all the positive and negative things that we experience each day, which is just so cool and such an easy, easy biohack to bring in every day. You can use my discount code, which is BiohackingBrittany in all capitals. Um, I will put the link in the show notes and it's on my shop page at biohackingbrittany.com and you get $25 off today. If you have any questions about it or when you get it, please message me. I'd love to chat as this is one of my favorite biohacking tools to use on a regular basis. No, that brings up a good point. And I think it's not only the stress, it's also the isolation. Like we can feel isolated if we're not participating in yeah. a social ritual. Yeah. And I, I think it it definitely depends on the person. Like moderation works for some people. I can ha- do moderation with food, but with alcohol, I have a big problem with moderation. So I just don't tend to drink. I'll have, you know, sips or something like that, but I just know myself. And the feel any feeling of stress is going to be worse than is going to be better than having the five drinks for me and feeling crappy the next day. So yeah, I mean, everyone's different. You have to know yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good point. I think we also go through seasons naturally as well. Like I, I personally definitely drink more in the summer. I go out more. I get less sleep. I work out less in the summer, even though I'm hiking and outdoors, like it's still less of a routine than the fall, winter, and the spring. So for me, like now that we're heading into fall, I'm like, okay, this is the next season where I don't want to drink, you know, like, and maybe that's Mm -hmm. what the balance kind of looks like is like, June, July, August are maybe more social and like I'm consuming more alcohol. And then from, you know, September to January or to Christmas, it's like, okay, let's cut this out. Let's be healthy. But that's hard for a lot of people. Like a lot of people drink every night. A lot of people drink every weekend. And you're trying to break like years of that cycle for people, right? Like go to work, work nine to five, come home and crack a beer. Like how many people do that? Or pour a glass of wine. How many people do that? Oh, and yeah. Yeah. And it's no judgment, right? But it's just deteriorating your health. So. Right. Yeah. So I have tried to create rituals that kind of mimic it, whether it's similar non-alcoholic drinks. I drink a lot of mocktails. I also at times drink like non-alcoholic beer. I usually have that. There's kind of like fun things you can do. I still go out a lot just because it's like a social thing. So, you know, it's like, you'll say, let's go get a coffee, even if someone doesn't drink coffee. So Mm -hmm. I'll just say, let's go get a drink. (laughs) Cause it's just kind of, and then I'll just get another drink. But, but yeah, I mean, that's interesting that you say that you don't drink as much around the holidays because usually it's the opposite. People drink Mm -hmm. more during the holidays. That's funny. Mm. Yeah. I guess I like drink during Christmas, but I definitely take time off and something that I started to do a few years ago was to have these periods throughout the year where I wouldn't drink alcohol for like 30 mm-hmm. days in a row for, and I tried to do that about four months of the year in addition to not drinking during the week and taking weekends off randomly. I would do kind of like these 30 day stints and that's what I'm still doing now. And I find that's been really good and really helpful. I think Eventually, I think my goal is to get to a point where 
alcohol is something that I consume on occasion and only on occasion. So Christmas, like a wedding, like, you know, some sort of event that I'm going to or some sort of celebratory day and kind of Mm -hmm. get rid of any type of like weekly routine and weekly habit with it in general. I don't know. And it sounds like, how long have you been sober for? So I have like, I'll drink periodically. So now I, it's only been like six weeks, but usually when I do drink, it's too much. So that's Mm. why I don't, I try not to drink. And, you know, I like, I power to the people who can just like have one periodically because that's just not me. Yeah. So I'll like have like a sip, but of a drink, but otherwise like it's just not good for me and my mental health. And I know that about myself. So I just try to stay away from it as much as I can. I really like that, that you know that, like, I think that's really, I think that's really great. I think it's really eye opening that eye opening for you to kind of realize that you can't like have one and, and it leads to more for you and, and what that does, because a lot of people, they may know that, but they may not care right? Like they may just want to continue what they're doing. So I think it's awesome that you're kind of like taking that step towards just like healthier decisions, right? And it's difficult. It's difficult. I'm sure it's difficult for you. It's difficult for everybody. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think a lot of people, like it's just fine. Like I have a friend and she drinks quite a bit and she'll wake up after six hours and be able to just go and have the best day ever. And that's just not me. Like Mm -hmm. I am... I have anxious, exhausted for days after. And I definitely noticed that it was worse turning 30. I'm turning 31 soon and I'm like, oh my gosh, it is real. Like I definitely feel it more. But yeah, I mean, I'll have like sips for like wine tasting or something like that, but nothing to give that feeling of like a buzz. But I'll have like kava or things like that just things that can kind of like create that a bit but then and I also like microdose I love your content on that yeah that actually helps me a lot with Mm -hmm. with not drinking and that's been scientifically proven now that that's super helpful in that space so oh interesting so you what do you microdose with so I microdose with psilocybin. Nice. And yeah, would you do it like on a night out as you would have if you were drinking or is it just like throughout the week when you do it? I have. I actually, it doesn't make me like super social. It just kind of like the after effects, the days after makes me just feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll usually take it just on a night that I am like home even just watching a movie or going to bed because I know that it's more the next, the like four days after that, that I'm going to feel really good. And I don't usually take enough that I even feel it. I sometimes just think of it as like a vitamin, right? It's like a supplement in my, with my supplements, because I don't really necessarily feel like high or anything like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I, yeah, I microdose with psilocybin and with LSD sometimes. And the healing that I've had from it has been very profound for myself in my life. And I'm sure for you as well, like as an entrepreneur and a business owner, like the effects that it's had on my creativity and my business has been super interesting. And like, just kind of the way I've just kind of changed how I think about things. Have you experienced anything like that? 
I haven't experimented with that too much. The You know what? I don't know, but I'd love to explore that more because I've heard that quite a bit. Do you take it? I know you've talked about this a lot, but while you're working? Yeah. Yeah. So I take it while I'm working. I've actually never... Oh, no, that's not true. I've taken it in social settings as well, but I take it while I'm working, but a low dose, right? Like yeah, 100 milligrams, maybe 150 milligrams. Um, yeah. And typically when I don't have any meetings or any calls or anything. So, and the effects last about four hours. So it's really just great for getting stuff done. It's great for creativity, focus, clarity, getting rid of brain fog. Right. But especially with creativity with psilocybin, like it makes me view problems in my business differently and helps me come up with new solutions that I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. It's helping me rebrand right now. It's helping me figure out what my pillars are in my business, what the new photos I want to be, to look like the branding, how to make more money in my business, like all, all sorts of things like that. And so it's been, it's been really great. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if people want to work with you and they have hormonal issues and they just want an expert like yourself, like how can they get in touch with you? So my website is hannahmullenhealth.com, Hannah, M-U-L-L-E-N, health. And my Instagram is hannahmullenhealth. So Hannah is H-A-N-N-A-H, Mullen, M-U-L-L-E-N, health. Perfect. I will definitely link that in the show notes for everybody. And yeah, so everyone can find you as well on my website. And thank you so much for coming on. This was such an easy discussion and I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Brittany. It's awesome talking with you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.